Oh, neat. New Magic the Gathering product just got announced. What is it? It's called Jumpstart. It's booster packs that you shuffle into one another to get a game. Yeah, seems reasonable enough. Yeah, uh, what, what do you think? I mean, I'd like to know what cards are in yeah. it. Yeah, is it new cards, reprints? They, they just said Jumpstart, that's all oh, it says. Oh, oh, push notification, a new set. Uh, Commander Horizons, I thought that already came out. You Do you mean Commander Legends? That's coming out later in the year. No, this is Commander Horizons. What's it say about it? What's in it? It just says Commander Horizons. There's no information, Brian. The announcement of the announcement for Commander Horizons. Well, they just did that with Jumpstart. Oh, you know, I went to Reddit just now. They said there's another new product coming out and it's called Dual Decks. Dual decks are returning. Oh, who's the face cards? Uh, Jace versus Yogmoth Jr., apparently. Yogmoth Jr.? Oh, new product on Twitter, Secret Lair. A new Secret Lair? Yeah, good white cards. What are those? I don't know, there's gonna be two cards in it. Two? Well, that's more than I expected. Oh, hang on, hang on, I just got a DM about, uh, there's another new Magic the Gathering product coming out. I just got another a thing. Another secret layer? There's, yeah, there's no, not a secret layer. Ooh. It's a new Masters set. What, what, what kind of Masters? Pioneer Masters. They're doing reprints from the Pioneer era in a Masters set. Uh, well, we don't know what's in it yet, okay. although they, they, they did say no no Shocklands. Right. They're not reprinting the Shocklands. God, they hate reprinting lands, don't they? They're not, they're not keen for it for yeah. some reason. Well, they said, you know, Pioneer's Masters isn't the best place for a Shockland reprint. Oh, from the vaults back. From the Vault is back. FTV defunct products. Isn't that just From the Vault? Yeah, you get one randomized FTV card, one booster pack of Modern Masters, and that appears to be it. How much does it cost? $99.99. Sounds about right. Oh, I, I, I just looked on the Mothership main page on Daily MTG. There's another Master set. We're getting two Master sets this year. What, what one's this one? This one is called Proxy Masters. It's filled with blank cards that you can just write whatever you want on and they're legal. Can I write Scolden Tarn on one of them? Yes, but penmanship counts. Oh, another secret layer. Another secret layer. It appears to just be ad cards. There's even the one talking about Grand Prix coverage in there. Oh, I remember Grand Prix. Are Grand Prix coming back too? No. Oh, oh hang on, hang on. I'm, get, I'm getting a notification here. There's yet another Masters set this year. We're having triple Masters sets. This is called New Player Masters. It's meant to be a master set that is new player friendly. So so what does that entail? It says here it will be reprints of commons and uncommons from the last two years. It's $19.99 a pack. Wait, so at least we get like Evolving Wilds in that set? No, it says no Fetchland reprint. That's just boilerplate at this point. They don't want any uh, confusion that maybe they've reprinted the most in-demand reprint in the reprint premium set. Better to be safe yeah, sorry, yeah, 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 definitely. Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, secret lair? Another secret lair. Cancelled pro player cards. Hello, and welcome to Dies to Removal, the Magic the Gathering video podcast, where Pleasant Kenobi and myself talk all things Magic the Gathering. How are you doing today, Vince? I'm doing pretty good. I'm loving loving the magic. You're loving the magic. What do you love most about magic these days? Uh, probably Commander and Legacy, but that's not the topic of this podcast. No, the topic <laughs> of this podcast is modern and pioneer. Where do they fit on your love of magic list pretty, as of today? Pretty high up. I think I'm, I'm going to Reno after, after we've recorded this podcast to, to date it horribly, I guess, for people. So I'll be at Magic Fest Reno. But yeah, I'm playing modern PTQs or WMCQs or MCQs. I, I don't even know what the hell they... They qualify for something, but it's just a high-stakes modern thing, so I'll just play yeah. it. What are you playing modern right now? Uh, so I'm going to be playing either green, white, or red, white, death and taxes. So I'll be playing red, white, death and taxes, which is uh, Magus of the Moon, 
which is great in the modern right now, or playing the green-white variant um, if I just fancy playing something a bit different because I'm playing a lot of red-white ones. Right? All right. Well, um, we want to talk today about Pioneer versus Modern. Mm -hmm. Are these two mm -hmm. formats at odds with one another? Are they in a struggle where only one can be the premier non-rotating format of Magic the Gathering? Many people have said now that legacy support is at its all-time low, especially with Star City Games cutting mm -hmm, the legacy circuit, mm -hmm. that Modern may have become the new legacy. And Pioneer maybe has become the new Modern. Can these two formats survive and coexist? Or is one of better than can. the other? Of course. Uh, okay. Let's start with just Pioneer in isolation. Okay. What do you make? It's been a while, because when we last mentioned Pioneer, I think it was brand new, yep. fresh. Very fresh. No one knew what was going to happen. Weekly bannings were going on in this format. It was the wild, wild west. It was exciting, but also maybe a little nerve-wracking. Mm -hmm. Where are we today now? <laughs> what do you make of the state of Pioneer by itself? I think Pioneer doesn't feel very healthy right now because it's being dominated by things like Lotus Storm and uh, Inverter of Truth, Thassa's Oracle combo. That did not take long. I just want to say this right off the bat. Pioneer has been a format for two minutes and already it's not feeling healthy. It's because there's not enough tools to disrupt these things, usually. Like, I've been saying this for years about modern. When modern horizons is on the, on the literal horizon, I was saying we need things like cabal therapy and right. force of will and days to allow the format to self-regulate itself. And we didn't get those things, and modern is as degenerate as it always has been. Right. Uh, and that's kind of what people have come to expect from modern now, and regular bands and that sort of thing. And Pioneer is going in the same direction because, again, the quality of interaction is never as good as the quality of the combos. The thing that really ticks me off as a modern enthusiast, and, you know, spoiler alert, I'm going to be very much speaking from a point of argument that says modern is, I don't want to say superior format, but perhaps the everlasting format. And what annoyed me was that when Pioneer was introduced, there was this big sentiment of, finally, finally we can cut out all those old cards in modern that are never meant to interact with each other, and we're going to go into a phase of magic where cards were designed with much more thought and care, and you're not going to have this leaning towards degeneracy, and this is going to solve everything, and you just cannot, you just cannot have this old, old, old card pool of cards interacting with one another, or you just get this terrible format. And it has taken, again, two minutes for sure. already everybody is upset about the state I mean, of there's, Pioneer. There's merit to that sentiment, right? Because yeah. the cards have been designed to work together. And we don't have, like, one of the biggest complaints about modern has always been, uh, firstly, fetch lands, because some people seem to hate them. And secondly, uh, the 8th edition was included. Right. A lot of people will even argue that if 8th edition wasn't the starting point, if we start from 9th, the whole world would be different because would. we wouldn't have chokes and blood moons and other i think the tron lands as well i think the tron lands would have just not been in modern right if no, i think they're in ninth so maybe just after ninth the point is the yeah. starting point was a little bit too early so we got tron blood moon and so right. on now personally i have no problem with those cards i think they're kind of i think it's fun to play with weird lock pieces but there is an argument and there is a discussion by members of wizards r&d where certain cards aren't fun so we don't want to print them meanwhile you're getting thought season killed on turn five by a combo deck yeah. and you're like well is this, is this more fun than blood moon or tron right it right. just feels like different shades of the same thing really i hate having the concept of fun dictated to me yeah i hate i think chance of the void is fun if my opponent can't cast anything i'm having fun and <laughs> in a 1v1 competitive environment that's kind of i get it if we're talking about commander i get it if we're talking about our local game store to an extent when you start talking about like events where people are qualifying to like play at the highest level of magic, why can't we have lock effects or or hate pieces and such? 
what is the problem now with Pioneer that people are voicing or that maybe is being felt in the in the tides? Why is Pioneer starting to lose its shine? It's it's hard for me to comment in some ways because I was super into Pioneer when it first came out. I play a lot of modos we right, talk about right. on this podcast a lot. So when Pioneer got launched, I was like, yes, fresh new format. I like new formats. This is exciting. Yep. And then as we've now stabilized into the inverter of truth, uh, I think there's a bug mid-range deck too, and, and, and the Lotus Storm deck is like the top three I've lost interest a little bit yeah. because that feels relatively stagnant. Meanwhile, Modern had bands like uh, Mox Opal and Oko and just feels fresh and interesting again. But that happens in Modern all the time. Right. Modern is constantly reinventing itself and maybe Pioneer will do the same thing. They just have to perhaps ban things or have new cards put into it that upset previously established combos. If Pioneer starts doing the same thing, then don't we have two formats that are essentially filling the same role? as one another, no. and I, I mean, m your average player, don't you think it's reasonable to say that your average player, not the super crazy enfranchised, crazy, 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 crazy players like us, but your average player is going to look at the formats of Magic the Gathering, and if they are someone who is interested in non-rotating formats, they are going to want to pick one or the other, not both. No. Because in the same way that Modern and Legacy uh, have always coexisted in this way, I've almost like a, and for some people, like myself, it was a progression. Yeah. I pick up my Modern D&T deck, and I was like, like, my next step is Ports and Wastelands. There's like a progression. That exists for Pioneer and Modern as well. The decks don't like transfer over as much as you get in Modern and Legacy, where there are literal ports of the decks and things. Mm -hmm. But I think there is an element that they can coexist because they do have those different archetypes. Because you do have differences in gameplay. Modern and Pioneer feel very, very different. Not just because of the mana bases, not including Fetchlands, but because the combos and the decks that exist are just very different. Tron does not exist. Right. Like Affinity... Oh, actually, there is an Affinity oh, deck in Pioneer, isn't there? And there, so... there isn't an Affinity deck in Modern anymore. Affinity <laughs> does not exist <laughs> And the Affinity Modern. deck in Pioneer is technically Affinity-less Affinity because there there's only one card in, with right. Affinity written on it in all of um, Pioneer, which is the Tezzeret that randomly had it, didn't it? In uh, M20 or whatever. But my point is... They can coexist because they can tick different boxes and fulfill different needs for players. Like, I get what you mean about people coming in and wanting to, like, get into a fresh new format. They're not going to jump straight into modern necessarily, especially if fetch lands continue to be expensive. No, but it has them, to but... do with, like, you have to keep up with... It takes a lot to keep up with the format. You have to keep sure. up with what's winning, what the strategies are. You have to keep your deck up to date. You mm -hmm. have to look at the meta when it shifts, things like that. And it's a lot when you don't feel that the two formats are, are extremely similar and going to, as more and more cards are introduced into Pioneer over probably a very short amount of time, a year, two years, become more and more like modern. No, it won't have the same deck archetypes like Tron. That's just one example. But as you even stated, it's now got uh, Affinity, which was a modern mainstay. Yeah, well, they look very different. The affinity that we talk about in Pioneer, sure. the Insoul deck, for example, or, right. or some Dance Mance variants. Because again, there's a lot of experimentation still happening in the tier two and three, not the top right. tier. Those don't look anything like the affinity decks of yesteryear in Modern. No. I mean, it's very hard to play without Mox Opal now. But don't forget, we've got two eventualities that come from this. One where they look similar, like you said, because the power creep of new sets feed into both sets and both of them look similar because the next Oko dominates both formats. Right. That's one eventuality. But don't forget, we, we're going to have Horizons 2. Right? We're going to have Modern Horizons 2. Right. And that will feel directly into Modern, which will make Modern look different. So when someone picks up a Horizons boost at the shop, or they start building the Urza EDH deck, and they're like, oh, I want to play Urza elsewhere, they don't play that in Pioneer. They have to look to a different format for that. That's why they will always be different, because Wizards have explored that space and will continue to explore that space, because they can monetize Modern by printing whatever they want into it. But the reason they're so reluctant to carry on with Legacy is because arguably all the good stuff 
is locked behind some eternal reserve list promise that they made years ago. We're not going to talk about legacy just yet, yeah, though. I sure. do want to touch on it about the, 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 the future of legacy. You make a very good point that Modern Horizons 2 is eventually going to come out. Rosewater said that, you know, like without confirming it, said, yeah, it seems likely. First one sold well enough that there should be a second at some point, theoretically, you know. So sure. there's going to be a Modern Horizons 2. Isn't that putting an extreme amount of emphasis on modern as a format where the spotlight is getting shined on modern, where again, why are you playing Pioneer when all the attention is going to be on modern? Because your decks and standard can shift across to Pioneer, arguably. Arguably. That's one of the big selling points of Pioneer is that uh, decks you enjoyed of yesteryear, would that be like the Ujitai control deck or whatever? Right, right. And Sphinx's Rev, the first thing I did when I saw Pioneer was like, I can play Sphinx's Rev again. Turns out the card's bad. That's not playable. But that's my point. But, it's worth is, a shot. but that's what's going to happen. It was yeah, worth a shot, but it so. didn't actually happen. And again, you got to realize that as more and more sets get added into Pioneer, that is less and less likely that your standard deck is just going to shift into Pioneer because it's going to require the best individual, most optimal individual cards from throughout the Pioneer timeline. But it's timeline. more likely and, than it is to happen with modern. Because when you look at a standard deck trying to become an archetype in modern, it's got to compete against Tronlands and Infect and other right. things that you do not have in Pioneer. Right. Pioneer, the combos are slower and clunkier, no matter how we look at it. Like Inverter of Truth is like a is like an eight mana combo. No, sorry, six mana combo. Like turn five at the earliest, right? Yeah. So it's not split twin as much as people like myself joke that it is. So yeah, your your standard decks and your cards in standard are more likely to have an impact in Pioneer in the same way that previously your cards in standard were more likely to have an impact in modern than they ever were in Legacy. Mm. They still do. New cards still affect Legacy all the time. Ironically, uh, Thassa's Oracle is a big part of multiple Legacy decks at the moment. Thassa's Oracle is just in every format. Right. Everywhere. Thassa's Legacy, Oracle oh, is, Commander is, as well, don't forget. Commander is the place where Thassa's Oracle has caused probably the most upset within a community. If competitive EDH ever gets its uh, flash ban, the next item on that list is Thassa's Oracle. Yeah, well, Thassa's Oracle is causing the flash ban, isn't it? It's, it's well, sushi it's part flash, of it, you know? yes. Yeah, yeah. But I think that it's going to... Uh, it's a problem card. It's a very yeah. problematic card. Uh, that's another episode where we talk about, you know, maybe some cards got pushed way too much and, mm -hmm. and, and with the mm -hmm. idea of easy bans. What about the cost of Pioneer? Okay, so again, I'm just going off of MTG Goldfish here, but let's go down the uh, Pioneer meta. Demir, Inverter of Truth, arguably the best deck in the format at yep. the moment. Very dominant. 20% of the meta. Mm-hmm. That might be a problem, some might say. $520. Sure. Okay. So that is, I think, actually a price point probably in between modern and standard. Mm -hmm. Ooh, standard decks. There are standard decks that cost $500. I mean, I'm interested to see what the cheapest of the Pioneer decks are because we have quite cheap entry points to modern, like um, the, the, the Blitz deck, the... Cheapest deck in modern right now is ninety bucks. Yeah. You know? Well, yeah, exactly. So I'm, I'm interested to see what the or the cheapest top tier. Okay. Well, we're, I'm but just yeah. going down the list. This is number two deck uh, taking up ten percent of the nine point five three percent. Sorry to be accurate of the meta. Sultai Delirium. Sure. Yeah. Uh, Nine hundred dollars. That so, is modern deck territory. Well, I mean, it is the pioneer equivalent to Jund. That is the Jund deck. Ironically, I know it's not got red in it, but it's the Jund deck of pioneer. Right. So I guess it kind of fitting that the deck is absurdly expensive as well. Okay. Because you can't play Jund unless your deck's incredibly expensive. It's one of the rules. Bant Spirits. Mm -hmm. Five hundred sixteen dollars. Which is weird because I would have thought that would be one of the decks that's more uh, more parallel to modern in terms of cost. Because yeah. all the cards are the same cards. Yeah. Mono White Devotion, $404. That's the cheapest so far mm -hmm. that we found, $404. Lots of basic planes in there, so it makes the cost quite low. <laughs> That's the Heliod and Walking Ballista mm -hmm. combo. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, mono black aggro, $458. Mm-hmm. Which was which was set up to be the best deck in the format for a while. Right. And then all these combo decks showed up that even the mono black Thoughtseize aggro deck couldn't beat. Right. So, shifting uh, that again. Niv to light, $648. Mm-hmm. And then, now we're at the lower end, though. We're still on... We're still on uh, uh, decks that are having uh, finishes that are impressive, but we're now down to 2% of the meta. Orzov Auras. Orzov Auras. So that's... Uh... Shram, All That Glitters, Ethereal Armor. Oh, so somewhere between Boggles and Cheerios. Right. Somewhere between those Everybody two. yelled at me when I presented a $70 Boggles Pioneer list that gets great results. And, and here, the cheapest one we found is 157 Orzov Auras. Here's another one. Is it in Seoul? Okay, so that's, 300 that's, bucks. that's the affinity deck in inverted commas because you play some artifacts and slap them in soul. Lotus Breach, only 275 So Lotus Breach is a lot further down this metagame than I expected it to be, I guess. Uh, Lotus Breach is... Oh, no, I'm sorry. It's Maybe these aren't listed. Lotus Breach is, is 5% of the meta. So oh, sorry, it's like the third or fourth deck. Yeah, okay. yeah. I think maybe it, it uh, it's displaying them to me a little out of order. Uh, and then Mono Red Aggro, uh, the How final one, get? 1.9% of the meta. $288. I generally think that might be dearer than yeah. know, the mono red deck that's currently in modern. Weirdly. Right. How that is possible, I do not know. So there is some opportunity for one to $300 decks in sure. Pioneer, but they're very low on, on, on that playability scale in terms of like yeah. if you do want to win and, and get results. And there's good crossover with things like Bant Spirits where you can get a lot of those cards that will then be able to be played in the modern version of the deck. Right. That's what I would be aiming for as a player getting into one of these formats personally. Is right. that one a deck that I can then transfer across to either format if I want to play? Whichever one is my local tournament, for example. Right, right, right. Okay. So I'm going to load up Modern here. Uh, uh, number one right now, Amulet Titan. Mm-hmm. But number one in comparison to that 20% of the meta we saw in Pioneer. Yeah. What percent of the meta do you think Amulet Titan is? So I'm not going to pretend I didn't look earlier. But it's something like 8 or 9%. 7.32%. Okay. This is the interesting thing because people were talking about how Primetime and Amulet and Azusa are all problems in Modern. But when we hear the issues that Pioneer's having with Inverter, it makes right. it look like nothing. It makes it look completely fair. Right, right. <laughs> So yeah, uh, yeah, and and so there you go, there you go. Uh, we've got. So the, how much is Amulet Titan sorry to buy? Eight hundred two dollars. Eight hundred two dollars. So that's, I comparable. mean, it's a, it's it's comparable. I feel like you're going to spend five hundred. That if you've got five hundred bucks to spend on a Pioneer deck, that's saying, well, here's the number one modern deck, and it's three hundred more. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, it seems and you can like make some cuts as well to get for. it there in the budget version. Mono Red Blitz six percent. How cheap is that deck? 200 bucks. There you go. That's the one I thought would be really yeah. cheap. I, th- I think it's gone up a bit because now it's gotten a lot of attention. Mm-hmm. It's the Manamorphos that's one of the most But it's cheaper than the mono red deck in Pioneer, yes. right, correct? Yes. And Manamorphos is just a card that desperately needs a reprint. Yeah, and if it gets that reprint... Yeah. Uh, number three is Jund. Jund amount. Uh, $1,300. That- oh, I was going to get... Yeah, I would guess it's pretty high. Yeah. Eldrazi Tron. 4% of the meta. $600. Mm-hmm. It's not bad. Uh, compared. Demir Wurza, 792. Bant Snowblade, $1,200. Dredge is still showing up some results at 511. Now we have Tron, Mono Green Tron, $657. So of note, the only two decks that like exceed the 1,000 into the absurd mark of yeah. decks are decks where the cards also see play in other Eternal formats. So like your Stoneforge Mystics and your Lilianas, for example, right. cost you an absolute bomb because they're safe across multiple formats. Gift Storm, $440. Uh, Infect is making up 2% of the meta, $550, but you can play Infect, that's fun. Humans is way down the list. It's below Infect. Humans is now below Infect. Mm-hmm. 
800 bucks. So for those that don't know, Humans was the boogeyman of the format for quite a while. This is why I say people just need to relax. Yeah, like let, let metagames adjust. I mean, yeah. when you see a deck is 20% of your metagame when you take into account challenges and 5-0s in line and stuff, then perhaps there's a problem. But Modern looks... Point of the time is frustrating to play against at times, but it looks relatively healthy. And for you, Vince, Eldrazi and Taxes. Yep, my least favorite variant of the deck, but yes. $330, <laughs> though. Yeah, it's pretty it's cheap. Not bad. Now, it's only 0.65% of the meta, but notice I haven't even found Merfolk on But I mean, here. that's that's higher than it has been for a long time. Also, don't forget, when you when you get your Eldrazi mm -hmm. and Taxes list, you're getting your Aether Vials and these other cards that, again, can be played in other decks like, like Spirits or, or Merfolk, and you can also then play those cards in older formats, too. So I, I can't even find the crossover Merfolk is good. Yeah, this. well, I'm you know, there's only one down. guy doing well with it, so, you know... <laughs> It's I'm hard scrolling to get down. I can't even find Merfolk. To, oh, here we go. I found Merfolk. Hang on. Two decks listed. 0.16% of the meta. 700 bucks. Let's see what the results were. 700 bucks? 700 bucks. What are the cards expensive in that? Uh... This list is running Brazen Borrower. Oh. And Force of Negation. I say Force of Negation is another one. Aether Vile. How much is Aether Vile compared to Force of Negation? Aether Vials are uh, 25 bucks each, apparently. And Force of Negation is like 30 odd. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, Brazen Borrower is a very expensive magic card. And uh, let's standard see. Standard playable mythics, eh? Let's see if the people who put up results with this are uh, Nikachu and Nikachu. And and amazingly enough, it is people other than Nikachu who have put up the 5-0 results, but they 5-0'd. So, Drakenar. The Dogfish and Rotor of the Light. Three of you are Merfolk Talarian champions. Uh, but yeah, so, but my point being, and the reason I just went through that is that there are some low-end cost Pioneer decks, a couple of them, and there are some high-end cost modern decks, a couple of them. But when we start looking at the middle prices, mm -hmm. Pioneer is not that different than modern. No, and if they just reprint the fetch lands, there'd be almost no difference. Right. Again, like I said, with, with the eternal playable cards, so your Stoneforges, your Lilianas, your Goyths to an extent, and then your Fetchlands. That's, so the Bant Snoko deck and the Jun deck, the reason they're so expensive is because your Verdant Catacombs, your Prismatic Vistas, and your Scolden Tarns are incredibly expensive. Okay. And they shouldn't be that expensive. So that once they get right. when and if they get reprinted, then we could see the modern decks become as cheap or in line Can with Can you imagine if we got to a point name. where, like, let's say this year... I know that Fetchlands aren't going to be in Zendikar. Maybe they're going to be Masterpieces will return with the Fetchlands, and it'll only be those five, and they'll be slightly more frequent, and so it will have an effect. The Fetchlands return in Zendikar in that way, or maybe they go full nuts. They really do. I've been misinformed. Rosewater was being cryptic, and they are going to return in Zendikar. They're not. And then we also get a Master set again, and instead of a Horizon set, but we actually get a Master set again, maybe. And in that Master set, they finally freaking put the other five Fetchlands in. So we get all 10 Fetchlands reprinted this year in some way. They drop in price. They plummet in price. Can you imagine that we hit a point where modern decks are several hundred dollars on the whole cheaper than Pioneer decks? If, if that happens. Yeah, because that would be the situation that they should be aiming for. If you take out, if you take out the mana bases from Pioneer and the mana bases from Modern and compare pricing, Modern is possibly even cheaper than Pioneer because so, Pioneer has is competing so much more with Standard. Sure, but this is what they should be aiming for. I know you're saying this is your thesis for why Modern should beat Pioneer in some sort of fist fight, which I don't agree with. I, I, think, I didn't say that. I, didn't I know, say that. no, but that's what the impression I'm getting, at least. That's the I'll impression I'm getting. I'll okay. get there, but that's not but, the reason. But I think that Pioneer and Modern can coexist as different ways of playing Magic. And if if in reality they don't want to support Legacy because of the reserve, they claim it's because the numbers aren't there, but as they... That's not true that's at all. That's complete nonsense because all the GPs sell out and make loads of money for the event organizers, but whatever. Did you know you could lie with numbers? I know. It's almost like when you hide the information from the public as well, you can just say what you want. 
It's almost like when you hide the information from the public, you can say what you want and lie with numbers. But my point is, let's just say the real reason that they don't want to is because they can't reprint reservist stuff and legacy decks are getting up there to be too expensive, right? We've all, this has been a problem for a long, long time. Right. Of course, if there was no reserve list, the argument would be that they can keep Legacy alive as an alternate way to, to monetize magic by selling new jewel lands every three, four, five, six years, whatever they'd be printing them out if they were able to. Surely that's what they should be doing in modern now. Is that the, 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 the fetch lands are the key. They are the jewel lands of modern, right? If they can reprint them now and again and make money off them by selling packs off them, then they should be doing that because they right. can monetize that format. So modern is their legacy that they can monetize more efficiently. They tried to monetize legacy and they claim they couldn't with like Eternal Masters and stuff, right? But yeah, modern is a monetizable eternal format for them. If That's the why modern is to replace legacy in Wizards' grand scheme of things. If the reserve list was removed tomorrow, mm -hmm. they would make vintage masters for paper mm -hmm. and they would not reprint the dual lands in it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They would make vintage masters but they wouldn't reprint the dual lands. The, the Power 9 would be in a Mythic Edition that costs like a thousand pounds. Right. And then secret the, layer, and the, jewel, and the jewels would be missing. Right, right. Oh my goodness. No, it'd be Secret Layer, other power cards, other reserve list cards. The Power is the Mythic one, right? They give the Power 9 Edition. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine it? Tell me why I should play Pioneer over Modern if prices were the same, or even if Modern is eventually cheaper than Pioneer. Why am I choosing to play Pioneer over Modern? Uh, either variety. Because that, that is, I don't know how other people feel about this, but I feel like having variety in my magic is important. Or playing with cards that you like. Like some people generally don't want to shuffle up. They claim that first lands annoy them. They oh, hate that's loan fair, screen, that's sure. fair. Or they want to play with cards that just don't see any play in modern because they aren't good enough. Whether right. it be like Heliod Combo, for example, because it's far less uh, as good in modern as it is in Pioneer. Yeah. Or Inverter of Truth is a good example. Inverter of Truth sees no play in right. modern because right. it's just not good enough. But yeah. like in, in Pioneer, it's... It's a legitimate thing. So it's playing with the cards that you like, the cards that you enjoy and the cards you think are fun, right? Or maybe your local scene is just more active than one or the other for those reasons, right? There's like sure. there's, there's multiple reasons why you might want to play different types of magic. Is there, so besides just change of pace, change of style, are there other reasons? Is that it? Because there's a lot of ways to change your pace, change your yeah, style. Yeah, of course there is, of course there is. You can get a $50 popper deck. Yeah, well, but that's that's also a valid point, is that there are other ways to play. Right. Is it Pauper, is it Legacy, is it Cube, is it whatever? I guess my point is, is that it makes sense when you look at Magic the Gathering as a whole that there should be a format whose is maybe the premier format of the game, and that format is standard, where formats, where uh, cards rotate. Mm -hmm. And so the encouragement is come in, buy packs, make a deck, play, but then you have to keep buying packs every so often to keep up with that. That makes a lot of sense. I'm all for that. I actually think that makes a lot of sense. I can make fun of standard, but that makes sense as a gateway. However, it also makes sense that there should also be an option that is both encouraged and supported. This is for the longevity of the game, for the health of the game, for player retention of the game, where players can play with the cards in their library. Of course. So the legacy should be that format, except legacy has the problem of the reserve list, mm -hmm. where those cards can never be reprinted. Sure. So, so Legacy is never going anywhere, up, right. but it's got that problem. So then you say, okay, well, we, we once you accept or, or, or yield to the sad reality that we're not getting rid of the reserve list, even though we should, but we're not, then you say, okay, so what do you do about meeting that need? We're going to fulfill the need of players want to play with the cards that they own that are no longer in standard, and you come up with the idea of what if we go forward past the reserve list and choose a point where that point forward 
is then going to be the the format that you play with those cards. And that is where modern came from. Sure. And that is what modern exists as. So then Pioneer comes out and you say, what is the need that Pioneer is fulfilling? And I say Pioneer is essentially fulfilling the same needs as modern, only less so. It is just modern, but not as effective. But I mean, surely the same argument could have been said for modern when it was in when it was uh created it's just doing the same thing as legacy but not as effective well that i i would say that except for the reserve list if the reserve list were gone but we the, wouldn't there, need there is a virtual reserve list though isn't there well the, but that that they can just reprint those cards yeah but they're not going to this is a whole podcast we've done where you they sat in this to. chair and i sat in that chair and you're like they're not going to do it I'm like, but they could and they could so we go back and forth on this all the time but the point is as we get as we get into a longer and longer game with a longer and longer lifespan we're going to have to have cutoff points we can't just say, here's a format for all of it, and here's a format for some of it. We're going to have to have formats that are for some parts of it. Because when we get to Magic's 50-year anniversary, we're going to have Modern would have died, perhaps, and we have Pioneer, what are the next it one? Can't, the next it, one I, I, believe, I, 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 I don't think that you can keep doing, okay, so then in five more years... Well, let's when, say 10. When was Modern in, in this year? When, when did it come in? 10 years it lasted. Yeah, yeah okay. Okay, so let's say we're now in 10 years, mm-hmm. and... Then they're saying, okay, Pioneer, it's got all these cards that are way too expensive. It's being accused of degenerate gameplay. All of that stuff has happened to it. And they say, okay, here's, you know, post-Pioneer. Mm-hmm. Or maybe they say that in five years because Pioneer's going down that road quickly. Mm-hmm. And then in another five to ten years, they say, here's post-post-Pioneer. And at a certain point, you can't just be like, well, we've got Modern, we've got Pioneer, we've got post-Pioneer, we've got post-post-Pioneer. At a certain point, what would have to happen is like you said, maybe modern isn't a thing anymore. Mm-hmm. They will stop that's, supporting it at the GP level, right? So what and then that's going now. to go away. So that means that Pioneer replaces modern. Mm-hmm. Pioneer becomes the next legacy, and then there's yeah, and they wouldn't call it post Pioneer. They call it something that already exists because they love to use the same words. So then so the original mythical needs, legends. That's what the original use. needs of modern are not being met because the original needs is for a non-rotating format, and you have simply created rotation. Yeah. That is what they're doing, yeah. Right. So then then you can't have that. You have to have one or the other. You have to have a format without a reserve list that exists where where as many cards okay, as possible so, so that is then mo- are viable. That, that is, is modern, modern, and that's my argument. So Pioneer my, is your next rotation. You have a Pioneer and another thing. but Because because they can reprint anything that's currently in modern, right? My argument, is that, my argument is that despite the corporate desire, the player desire is going to be too strong to have a way to play with Vendillion Click, to play with Noble Hierarch, to play with Aethervile, to play mm-hmm. with even Fetchlands, that you can't just say, well, modern has died out. What about all of those cards? Where do we play with them in? Commander? Mm-hmm. Nah, it's not the same thing. And in addition to that, I think Wizards is shooting itself in the foot because you're not going to have Pioneer Masters anytime soon, nor would anybody be interested in Pioneer Masters, nor could you charge... 10 12 15 dollars okay. a pack for pioneer okay. masters so, nor could you have pioneer horizons but we are that modern needs to be the focus and i actually think the fact that we're already three weeks in to pioneer and we're, we're seeing these problems but, but, is that but, it was just a band-aid over a rough patch in modern the effort and attention needs to be focused on modern okay but we're also functioning this assumption that modern's going to die or they're going to kill it off like we're functioning on that assumption. All this talk is on this you assumption. You think the two can coexist? Yeah, I 100% do. That's why I started this podcast saying. But we're going, talk, we're going down this hypothetical line of what do they do in 10 years? What do they do in 10 years? Yeah. What do they do in 10 years? Yeah. And I believe they, they kind of do still have to in, in, invoke new formats because you just can't have 
50 years of... How many game pieces are there now? We said it on the podcast in another episode, 16. That's probably more than that. 20,000 cards. Give another 10 years, that's 40,000 cards. Like, at some yeah. point, you've got to say, you know what, if you want to play with the cards you're familiar with or the cards that you like that don't cut it in the older formats, here's this format for you. As the game goes on, the game can't get... Let's just say hypothetically, it's 100 years from now, right? <laughs> right? You're suggesting to me that modern can stay as that format. It can't. Because the, the inevitability is there's just too much crap. <laughs> so there's too much good stuff that's just overshadowing everything else. And there's too much junk. So we kind of need these formats to give people places to exercise and play with their toys. I guess the problem lies in whether or not they get managed correctly. And that lies in the reprint conversation. And the other thing about the Pioneer Masters, you say, I think it's interesting because whatever Masters set we see next, whatever name it has, Horizons or whatever, if we see Masters come back and it's called Modern Masters, then we know that they are in it for the long haul to try and sell us more modern cards. If the next set comes back, it's not called Modern Masters, whatever it's called. If it's called Pioneer Masters, that'd be hilarious. Whatever it's called, it's not called Modern Masters. That suggests to me that they're like, well, we, we're, not, we're not keen on keeping that brand alive. If they want Modern to continue being that big thing, then they need to keep the brand alive, right? So I'm really interested for what the next Horizons, Masters, or whatever branding they change it to next will be, what name or what, what, what format they strap onto the front of that. If I don't have a format to play with this giant history of cards besides commander it needs to be besides commander it really course, does yeah. uh then this is going to impact all of this new stuff wizards is putting out secret layers you're going to only be able to go to that well so much before it's you need to be reprinting these cards for modern where where you're going to need modern interest cards uh same thing goes for i think master sets same thing goes for spellbook series or whatever the next from the vault is. This is part of the larger ecosystem. When you go to a GP and you see all of those cases of all of those cards spreading out, and yeah, a lot of it's standard, but the vast majority of it is all of these modern cards. Mm -hmm. And if modern just is like you say, well, it's just too old and it's just too degenerate, then all of that kind of goes away. Mm -hmm. And Pioneer, I don't think, can sustain it. I just don't see why not, though. Why do you keep saying that Pioneer isn't sustainable? Because there aren't in-demand reprints for Pioneer, so there's no excitement. But there, but there will be. Well, there will be, but then... Like, like if they don't print Inverter now, let's say they don't print Inverter for another two years and it somehow stays in the format. Let's say another right. deck somehow manages to dethrone it and it stays in the format. Then Inverter will go up and up in price as more and more people join the Pioneer train and want to play these things. So its staples grow in price. Mm -hmm. I mean, saying that cards aren't as expensive in Pioneer as they are in Modern is kind of a given, but with time they will get that way. It's the same way that like you have uh like fringe played reprintable rares in Legacy, like Richard and I say fringe, Richard and Ports and Sneak Attacks that are cheaper than Noble Hierarchs. Right. Because Noble Hierarch demand is really high across multiple formats and so on. So Cards like Thoughtseize, for example. Thoughtseize is probably the best example of this. It is a staple everywhere that it sees play, barring perhaps Commander. Thoughtseize is going to be a needed reprint in the next year or two because it is an absolute staple and a key right. part of Pioneer. So Pioneer is going to be sustainable in terms of having needed or desired cards given time. Mm -hmm. And they're aware of that. It's like, it's like cultivating or farming. You, 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 like, you plant your format and then the, the staples grow out of it and the Wizards of the Coast, on rare occasion... Uh, uh, cash in and, and print those things. We just, unfortunately, with things like Fetchlands and Lilianas and stuff, we haven't seen many of those reprints. Okay, let me ask you this question then. Besides reprinting Fetchlands, honestly, besides, in fact, I'm going to say besides reprints, mm -hmm. besides reprints, what is the best thing for the health of modern that you could see Wizards of the Coast doing? 
uh, keeping it around. <laughs> but I mean, like, one of the things that's hurt Legacy the most is Star City and Wizards of the Coast being like, oh, it just doesn't get the numbers. We don't want it anymore. Right. If, as long as Modern exists as a Pro Tour format, I'm sorry, as a GP format, like, it all gets confusing. As a GP or Magic Fest format, then people will want to keep playing Modern and Modern will become he- stay healthy and stay desired, right? Um, whether or not they keep it at the Pro Tour level, because obviously now they've got... Uh, players Tour. Players Tour level, jeez, jeez. At least it's a P. Yeah, at least it is a P. I think that makes it harder, honestly. The fact yeah. that it is also a P. But like, um, that's another interesting point is that the more formats you have, the more things you have to pull from, right? You've got, you got your right. limited environment, your standard, right. you got your pioneer. Do we want? Do we even want modern at the at a PT level? Because one of the arguments before was that that makes players solve it, and that's what ruins modern, is that all the top-level players show you what the best deck is. That's why Eldrazi Winter happened, because everyone knew Eldrazi was good going into multiple GPs, because LSV and F1 cracked it at the Pro Tour, right? But that's an inherent problem with Magic. That yeah, that is an inherent format. problem with Magic. That's what rotation helps with in many ways. One of the upsides of Standard, and I guess the upside of just randomly creating new formats, if you think the old ones are stale, I guess. But as long as there's demand to play modern because tournaments exist, but tournament magic is the important thing. Organized play is kind of the important thing. Because if there's no tournaments, why on earth would you do it? Because for the love of the game. But I mean, then old people like me would. Old, I'm only 21. Old people like me would just retire to legacy as I love of the game or right. cubes and stuff. You know, there needs to be a desire or a need or a want or a reason to play it. So yeah, you kind of depend on Wizards of the Coast to keep it in their tournament structure in many ways, or for the players to keep it alive. That's an interesting question. Yes. If Wizards turn around and said tomorrow, oh, it's just not the numbers for it for modern. Which would be an absurd statement, but let's yes. be honest. But they'll say it doesn't matter. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. have to be true. But would the players keep modern alive? The same way that like Missouri MTG is like launching right. these big legacy tournaments and stuff, right. right? Would someone step up to the plate and be like, wow, modern. That's my that's my boy, and they'd keep it alive. Would the players do that? Or is it almost like an artificial thing where they're well, like he put on he put on a a, a modern uh, mm-hmm. event and it did not perform well. But he also put it on during one a, a bad period for right, modern. Right, right, but right. he said, "I'm only doing legacy," and yeah. which goes to show that the interest is in legacy. Mm-hmm. Which also goes to show that if there were no reserve list and if costs weren't an issue, which we've talked about before, mm-hmm. uh, uh, and it was literally just you know pick up your your deck and sit down and play, legacy would be overwhelming overwhelmingly the choice yeah. over modern or pioneer. But that's unfortunately where we live in. Yes. And it's a very frustrating world for someone who loves the format so much. Like. What about Pioneer? Uh, as we're going into Pioneer, what besides, well, does Pioneer need reprints already? Um, I'd have to go through the price list, honestly. But, yeah. I, but I mean, soon it will. And the, it's again, it goes back to that thing about the Pro Tour, the player tour. Right. The only reason that Inverter of Truth got like, like figured out and the format got Inverted Commas solved it's because grinders are grinding away each week and getting ready for the player tools and stuff, and that's when Inverter became the big hot property. It's weird. If that wasn't a thing, if we weren't putting Pioneer on it at the PT level or at the big event level, I wonder if it would have been this brewer's heaven, wild rest that it felt like for a few months. Do you think they made a mistake in in having bans at all in Pioneer? Like, it was so quick to, to do bans one week, and then it's been a week and they banned. Do you think that maybe that was a huge mistake? What if... This is, and I believe this. Uh, so I was very excited when Pioneer got announced because there was no ban list. Mm-hmm. And I got less excited each week for Pioneer. So when Pioneer started, and I, I did my video on Pioneer, and, and it was very 50-50. I had concerns, but I had excitement, and people saw whichever half of that they wanted to see. But the truth is, is I had a lot of excitement for Pioneer. And each week that a new ban was announced, I became less excited for Pioneer to the point where I began looking right back at Modern more than Pioneer. Yeah, it's hard to keep up with for a start. It wasn't was very it? hard to keep but up with, but it, it also found it, it was very dispiriting. Mm-hmm. And I really wonder, alternate universe, 
that Watsi said Pioneer Bands will be uh, uh, announced at the same time as any other band. And then it was the first regular band update. And they said no bands for Pioneer, period. There's certainly an argument that perhaps weekly banning was too quick. And yep. that the things they were banning may not have even necessarily been the problems because what happens is if a deck is perceived to be the best deck in the format, which isn't always necessarily the best deck, it's just a deck that has got a few 5-0s to start the, the month with, let's say. And the, the Modo grinders are like, the Magical Gathering Online grinders are like, oh, this deck is doing well. They pick it up and they play it and the good players play it and the, the deck rises to the top, not necessarily because it is better than everything else, mm-hmm. but because the better players are playing it, right? And then it gets banned. And then we rinse and repeat that process until we've got a lot of cards banned that even aren't even necessarily the problem. Some of the cards definitely need to be banned, sure. I think they were and very ban, ban happy. But that's what I'm saying. I'm wondering if given more space and given more data and given more time with right. the metagames to adjust, because one of the things I've been saying about the inverter deck, I didn't realize it was at 20% on Goldfish as today. It's, yeah, I haven't looked at it a little while. Problem. But I've been saying give the metagame time to adjust is yeah. what we should always be doing. Legacy does this very well. It's very rare they need to actually ban things out in Legacy to sort it because the format self-regulates. And I'm always right. thinking... Can other formats do that? But I guess Pioneer was never given the chance to do that until no. now. And now we're sat with the deck sharing 20% of the goldfish. Oh, the, the metagame according to goldfish, at least. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, I think it was too regular. I think yeah. the bands were too regular. So then I have another alternate reality question for you. And I think this does go, I, I believe this will go towards my p- point of modern, again, I don't want to say superiority, but emphasis over Pioneer. Alternate reality. Everything is the same. Pioneer is announced. The b- same bands happened with one exception. When Pioneer is announced, there is no initial banning of Fetchlands. So Pioneer uses Fetchlands. Uh, 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 that would have hideous. The price of those cards would have just... Okay. So is the only reason you're interested in Pioneer because Fetchlands are banned in it? I think it differentiates it. Yeah, yeah the, the mana bases are significantly but, but worse. So if, if, Fetchlands, if Fetchlands were legal in Pioneer and there was no other change... And you're telling me that with just Fetchlands being legal in Pioneer, you would say, I don't want anything to do with Pioneer. No, I think it would have been a mistake because of the cost. And this is weirdly kind of where we were with another episode. I don't know if it's aired before or after this one, where we talked about like the the, the, the sarcastic comment of let's ban them right. or reprint them. And in reality, we should just reprint them. So it kind of, to me, I'm wondering if, yeah, I'm just admitting there that they needed to be banned in Pioneer to start with because they weren't willing to reprint them because right. the cost would have been too high. Right. I, don't, I think the format would have still been significantly different. Because different toys, different things with the version of the top. The mono black aggro deck will just be the mono black aggro deck with better fatal push technology, push for a lot better. I just, yeah, I can't see it being just modern light, which is something everyone's all scared of. No one wants modern to be legacy light. Right. No one wants Pioneer to be modern light. In right. some ways, I'm getting to this point now where I'm so frustrated with the reserve list and the lack of reprints that I do kind of want modern to be legacy light. I'm like, screw it. Just reprint port, wasteland, force of will. All the stuff you can reprint. Just, let's just have it as modern. Yep. You know, but maybe that's not the correct thing to do. Maybe that's I've, I've reaction wondered there. about that, and it's one of those things where I wish they would use Magic Online as a way to test, mm-hmm. because on Magic Online, it's a lot easier to just get cards together for a wacky one of than, like, in paper. Yeah. And, and so, like, if you were to say this, you know, local game store, we're going to do no reserve list legacy. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, it's hard to get those cards together, but on Magic Online, no problem to get, you know, uh, uh, things together. And I would really love to see maybe just no reserve list legacy. Yeah, I mean, it kills certain decks that I really love as part of Elves gets yeah, killed, well, Lands gets yes. killed. It's no reserve list legacy. Everything, it's playing with the maximum non-reserve list cards. Yeah, but it, the problem with legacy in the current set is if you do that, is that certain decks like uh, Death and Taxes have zero changes. 
Meanwhile, Elves loses like its best card. Like it's, it just gets like it does that. Where decks just get completely neutered, but other decks don't get scratched. That's why it's kind of like you need to build upon modern as opposed to unbuilding legacy. But my- and also introducing that as a, as a middle ground. You're modern, no reserve legacy and legacy. We're just doing the same problem that you said earlier. Why have all these formats? Right. It's better if legacy gets to be legacy. And if legacy is dying, we make modern into legacy light with careful additions that we moderate and check on and build okay. upon. Or and that's modern horizons. Yeah. Except that Modern Horizons had unique made for modern cards, which were detrimental to the format. Yes. Where are you at now? We've had, we've literally, why does anybody watch our show? Because we literally had an episode where, where, where you were in favor of Modern Horizons Mm -hmm. and its effect. And we literally had an episode where you said Modern Horizons screwed Modern up. So Modern Horizons did screw things up, but that was because of like one or two cards. Yes. There's one or two cards that, from most sets, that screw things up. Yes. This is what I've been talking about a lot recently as well, is that. On the whole, sets tend to be pretty good. We just have some outliers like the Hogax and the Okos, right? Right. Once you cut those things out, like Modern Horizons is a really fun, interesting, exciting set. And they did. They, they made I think Urza should have been banned of instead of Opal. No, Urza is fine. Urza is fine. Oko has been a, no, Oko, sorry. Opal has been a problem in Modern since time immemorable, right? It is literally the card that everyone has talked about repeatedly. Fast Banner is a problem. So that is why Opal is gone. That's also why Hogak is gone. Yeah, exactly. And it right. breaks the rules of mana, right? Yes. And like, well, uh, stop breaking the rules of mana, yeah. Watsy. Yeah. Stop it. Or do it, but only put it into no, modern and then... No, don't do it. Stop it. You're telling me that you don't think Mox Tantalite is fine? Are you saying that Mox Tantalite is a problem now? I don't now? want any breaking the rules of mana I cards. cannot wait for Mox Tantalite to suddenly become way too good. I can't believe Simeon Spirit Guide is still legal. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I guess it's because no deck has really abused it that much. Maybe what they need to do is finish the cycle. We've got Elvish Spirit Guide, I Simeon Spirit idea. Guide. That's just let's just the do, color pie. Why would you do yeah, that? But let's just do, let's just do a white version where you exile it, you get a white mana, you exile it, you get yeah. black mana, I mean, and the, then yeah. the game is broken. But the great thing about Simeon Spirit Guide is weirdly that although it's a color-shifted version of Elvish Spirit Guide, yes. it feels way more red. Like like having that random bit because of, of like um, Rite of Flame and um, all the rituals. The rituals are in a red, right? It doesn't feel like a green ability to exile something of your hand for one mana. It's very impulsive. It's very off the cuff. It's way more red. Okay. Well, I also want to talk about another thing which is not just modern versus pioneer but modern versus pioneer versus legacy and mm-hmm. legacy more so than anything else is the format you're very invested in, very yeah, interested it. in. It's your, you love it more than Commander, right? Yeah. Legacy, yeah it's your number one. Yeah, yeah. But, okay. but the cube sometimes edges out, depending on what cube it is. Sure. But cube's much harder to actually play. Okay. So. Uh, what, can Legacy exist? So if Modern becomes the new Legacy and Pioneer becomes the new Modern, then what does Legacy become? And is this the Wither, wither Legacy? Wither so and Die? Legacy the only place has had can... some incredibly hard... Um, hits to take recently. So Star City Games, for those that don't know, Star City Games said, we're not going to do it anymore, mainly because they want to sell Pioneer cards, let's be real. Um, and then Wizards of the Coast were like, oh, the numbers aren't there, which right. they are, but they again, they want to shift towards the format that they can support by monetizing like Modern and Pioneer. So Legacy has now got far less support at a higher level. It doesn't mean it will die as such, but it definitely means it's it's took a massive hit and it's going to have to be supported by sort of the independent grassroots movement of people holding their own tournaments and playing and those sort of things. So yeah, Legacy is the new vintage. What's vintage? It's been dead for a while, let's yes, be real. Yes, yes. Like, <laughs> that's the thing. Like, the points of vintage decks are like 10 times the amount of Legacy decks and things, and it's only really playable on Modo. So, and that's a lot of where Legacy's life is as well, is on Modo, because the cards are actually reasonably priced on, on Modo. Besides res- revoking the reserve list, mm-hmm. what could Wizards of the Coast do that would be most beneficial for Legacy? Give us a GP or two a year. 
Oh, just, just one GP. That's all just you one want GP. is one GP. Yeah. It's like how all I want, I don't even want a popper GP. I just want a popper PTQ, like yeah. at, at, at a big event like Vegas, where it's where everybody's going to be at. Like just one popper PTQ to keep us feeling legitimate and the rea- some yeah, alive. Yeah, the, re- the reaction to those to these suggestions was often, I saw it on Reddit quite a bit when the when Star City were dropping it and then Wizards dropped it. And Wizards only officially announced it through somebody accidentally saying on Reddit. <laughs> this is the funny right. thing. Is there's been no official announcement of this. And for all we know, that employee could be wrong and we see a legacy GP shop and then the schedule for mm-hmm. next half of the year. It's just unlikely at this point. But the the funny thing is people react going, well, what do you expect? You know, they think if it's a, a dying format or or it's inaccessible, they should make the game accessible. But at the same time, we're like, no one's asking for Legacy to be the primary format. No yeah. one is asking for Pauper to be the primary format. No. They're asking for one bone to be thrown to people who've loved these things for years and are invested members of the community. I would argue, I, now, I, I really think that it's narrow-minded to say, why would we have a GP on a format we can't print and sell cards for? And I would say, okay, let's take sports, for example. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, my father loved golf. My father did not have a lot of means. He would play at a cheap local golf course that was like discount on Wednesdays thing. He did not have, you know, uh, uh, $3,000 clubs, mm-hmm. although he would save up to try and get the more expensive ones. It was definitely an item of conversation given our, our lack of income as a, uh, uh, in, in my, my youth, uh, him spending the money on that. But he would sit and watch golf and he would watch golf where they play golf on these master's yeah. courses. He's never going to set foot on one of those courses ever. The beautiful sculpted and and this and millionaires only sort of thing. Why should they be showing this course that he as a viewer is never going to uh, uh, experience? Is there a reason? But it made him go out and golf. It made him go down to uh, uh, his local golf course that was, you know, discount on Wednesdays and and go play around to golf. And mm. and when the Masters event was on, that golf course was very happy because it made people want to go out and play golf. Uh, and I would say the same is true for Legacy is that just sitting and watching people play with those decks and having the hype and excitement and the dream gets would actually get people in for standard because it would just get people into the store interested in magic that it's not advertising standard magic but it is advertising magic and that if we're literally and you said to me you're literally asking for one gp a year that that is by no means some ridiculous shift in anything no it's 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 less than what we got last year yeah it's still a step down but it's still something just one same like thing. no one watches the Super Bowl because they want to play in the Super Bowl, right? But then they go down to, to they go down they buy a basketball at their sporting board. Basketball. Super Bowl is football. Oh, whatever. I don't know. <laughs> no, I love that because I, I don't like sports either. Football. But that's pretty funny. Go get their 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 kicking ball. They're cooking and, their hoops yeah. in the in the in the Super Bowl. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Uh, uh, and uh, they go down and they buy that at their sporting goods store and then they go out onto a playground and and, and play and and there you go. And in that same way, it gets people down to the playground of magic playing the game. And even so, it opens up opportunities where we are seeing exponential new products that are focused on providing reprints through secret layers and spell books and all these commander sets coming out, mystery boosters. And if there isn't a place for these cards, then there's less interest in those cards. Agreed. There's less you can do with it. And so even though you can't get rid of the reserve list, it's still exciting. Name name some expensive cards in Legacy that are not on the reserve list. 
that are only played in Legacy. Off the top of my head, um, like Planeswalkers, Oko, for example. Oko. Oko's home is now Legacy. He's banned <laughs> everywhere else. I meant an older card, but um, yes. Older cards that aren't on the reserve list. But that, that cost a couple bucks. Uh, Wastelands are like 20, 30 bucks. There you go. Can, we put them so, whenever we want so, to. So that's a great example. And so Wasteland, that was, that was a focus of Eternal Masters. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there is an advantage to the company to be able to say, hey, we reprinted Wasteland yep. in Mystery. Was it on? Is it in Mystery Boosters? I don't Not think so. Not that I know of, no. And like Force of Will is the other one, right? Like it's Force of Will and Mystery Boosters. Not that I know of, no. But like, but they can be in other products, right? And that's, I mean, that's the thing is as it, well. Is like, Force of Will in other products? Uh, yes, we had it in. Um, where was the last Force of Will printing? It wasn't EMA. No, it was EMA, right? It wasn't in Ultimate Masters. It was in Eternal Masters. Yes, with Wasteland. Yes, but Wasteland was also in Ult. It was half a decade ago, Vincent. Was Wasteland in Ultimate? No, Agent Tomb was in Ultimate. It's a very, it, there's so much info. But the point, you are right, there's like an ecosystem, right? So when a kid goes to the store and opens up his Jumpstart boost or his Commander Legends boost when he drafts it down the line, and opens up a couple of legendaries that, you know, some sort of Thalia variant or whatever, or Sanctum Prelate variant that's legendary. These are cards that not many people are going to go and make their decks on or make deck tech videos about or make EDH rec lists and stuff. But those cards will see play in Legacy or they'll see play in Modern if... Those sets don't print directly into modern, but Horizons 2 will, for example. And then that creates an ecosystem where people can actually go, oh, this card, I don't want it, but this other guy at my store wants it. And then you trade that for your two standard right. cards. And, and there you go. And here's how Legacy can help Standard. You come out with a product that's got some Legacy reprints in it. Well, if you want people interested in Legacy, you got to have that one to two GPs a year. Uh, so you have that, and you go, how's that going to sell standard packs? Here's how it sells standard packs. First of all, it sells Legacy packs, packs with Legacy reprints in it. Kid goes into the store, kid who's never, ever, ever going to be able to invest the money into a Legacy deck. He goes in, he opens up Jumpstarter, Mystery Booster, or whatever. He gets a, a uh, Force of Will, mm-hmm. and he goes, well, I can't use this in even Modern or Pioneer. Don't really need it in Commander. He goes, that was fun playing with Jumpstarter, Mystery Booster, but now I've got this Force of Will. Someone who does play Legacy, because it's kept alive, says, I will trade you for that Force of Will. And they go, okay, what was one of the most, the, the, the euro is 40 bucks each. Mm-hmm. And they go, I'll give you three euros for that. When you said euro, I was thinking of the currency yeah, euro. I, I, and I yeah, thinking, I really no, it's er, right, 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 euro? The Titan. Euro, er, euro the Titan. Euro, euro. Gyro. It's called gyros. No, what? Heroes. Euro. 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 But the other thing as well is that... Then he trades it, and then now he he was like, well, I can't afford the Euro deck in standard, but I traded the Force of Will for three Euros, and now all I need is lower-cost things. I'm going to play in a draft. I'm going to buy some packs to crack open for the lower-cost ones that I want. Mm -hmm. It's all connected. Is that the driving force? No, but it's like this beautiful web. It's weird that, like, um, obviously back in the day, the reserves happened to protect collectors, but now they're like, oh, we'll just let Eternal Formats die so these cards... In right. theory, if Legacy truly died, right. Force of War would go from being a 40-buck card to a penny card. Right. right? Or be a 5-buck card because people play it in Commander or whatever. Right. But it's just weird that at one point they're protecting collectors and, and values, and now they're like, oh, actually, whatever ecosystem there is, and shrug, who cares? Right, right. Or maybe they... Or maybe, and this is getting tinfoil hack territory, they believe that Commander will prop up that. Collectible market. They don't have like a a few individual cards and foils and stuff. Yeah, I I mean a few individual cards, but Commander it gets interested in things like Bloom Tender or Oracle. That's what I'm saying. They're thinking they'll pop up. It's doing the same effect as what was. Yeah, yeah, but it's not necessarily going to prop up Force of Will. No, no, but that doesn't matter. You're just we're using Force of Will as an example. But I guess the argument is. Although I did have a pretty epic play with a Force of Will recently in Commander, but yes. But you're using Force of Will as an example, but in reality you can replace Force of Will in that example with. Bloom Tender, Oracle, or right, Dyer, or right, similar, right? right? right. So 
perhaps the intention is that Commander will be this non-rotating base level that keeps the collector's market in the way in check or not in check uh, alive I guess maybe that's their intention yeah one year from today do you think Pioneer is still going to be played and supported and have GPs devoted to it yeah <laughs> yeah do you think Brawl will uh, so this is, this is a good point we need to say before we close yeah. Brawl is going to live on Arena like, no one's playing in paper. No one will play in paper, right? It's a, and sorry to the handful of people that are playing in paper who are watching this. But Brawl is played on Arena. There is a, they're obviously selling this event that you can pay into. And there are, there's content creators making these videos. And people are asking for lists for Brawl, right? That's kind of where, like, Legacy, for example, could exist. Because yeah. there's no reserve list online. On Magic the Gathering Online, they can reprint stuff whenever they want. Because the reserve list doesn't extend to digital. But that's never going to be their intention. And apparently it's impossible. One year from today, do you think we'll see a Legacy Cube on Arena? We'll see a cube. It won't be a legacy cube. So, and I mean literally moxes and stuff. I think they're going to do it. I, I think that will eventually happen. I think one year from today, we will either have seen or have heard announced that a power cube will be available on Arena. One no, year from today. A year from today, it'll be on the end of the roadmap as Vintage Cube. Okay. Then That's the announced. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, vintage Cube. Moxes, Black Lotus. Well, some one of those things are already Arena. in. They're already in the client. One year from today, Pioneer on Arena. Not the format, no. No? There'll be a Pioneer Cube. I think Pioneer will be on Arena one year from In today. In one year from yep. today. Yep. Mark your calendars, boys and girls, because that, that ain't happening. <laughs> that is not going to happen.